One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Seven inch. Is that the right? Sorry, the first thing I just, when I just hit record, the first thing that was said was uh, seven inch, is that right? Crikey. Talking talk about tablets, Tim. Ah. Honest. How sneaky. <laughs> right, um, let's let Jacques Berger get us started. Hi, I'm Jacques Berger, and when I'm stalking Springbok in the Namibian wilderness, all I take with me is a knife and the Egg Chasers rugby podcast. It's all a real man needs. Thank you, Jack Berger. And thank you, you, for downloading and listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast where we don't take ourselves or the game too seriously. We just love it. And I am Tim. That is JB. Good day, Tim. And he is Phil. Hi, Tim. Actually, I said I don't take the game or we don't take the game too seriously. But um, actually, do you know what? I only wish that was true because there's something very serious that we have to discuss before we do anything else, gents. Ooh. For a long time, in, in fact, ever since the podcast started, we have tried to lead a crusade, tried to be the saviour and the voice of the people and change a heinous, unforgivable scourge on our game, the wearing of trainers instead of boots in uh. promotional pictures. Now, we've tried to make sure that when you see captains gathered with a trophy before the start of a competition, you never have to see them wearing a pair of scuffed-up Nikes or New Balance or whatever. And we thought we got somewhere... BT Sport and the Aviva Premiership, they seem to have got their house in order at the start of the 2014-15 season and had all their players in boots. And then in World Cup year, ahead of one of the most hotly anticipated Six Nations tournaments in living memory, we've had to see some great men, some great leaders, O'Connell, Dusatois, Warburton, Robshaw, Parise, Laidlaw, all in their training shoes. So we tried, everybody. We tried and we failed. Excuse me, but it's a retrograde step. Um... This upset me a lot. It upset me a lot because they even changed it for the European Champions Cup. They had the boots on walking through Paris. But, uh, yeah, sad days. Real sad days. Yeah, it is, it is sad times. It does make me want to, want to institute my new rule, though. What's that? That if you wear trainers for the photo shoot, you have to wear trainers through the entire <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Fair spot. That's a great idea. Yeah, you've got to declare your footwear early. Now, they had the, the, the most annoying part of this is the IRB Six Nations were tweeting a load of pictures on the day that they launched it at some country manor somewhere. Some of the worst pictures I've ever seen, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, we'll get on to that mm. in a second. But they were tweeting pictures from behind the scenes going, oh, only an hour till we um, launched the competition, only half an hour. And there were some pictures of the players arriving. And there was O'Connell and um, Dusatois sat next to each other talking. And they were both holding a pair of boots. So they had <laughs> oh, the yeah. boots. They had the boots, <sighs> but they just didn't wear them. And do you know what's happened? They probably hired some... 
photographer from somewhere who's never done this before and has nothing to do with rugby. And the lads are there like, look, we need to wear the boots because, you know, obviously the podcast is all over us. And the photographer's <laughs> like, no, trust me, I'm a pro. <laughs> Uh, and then they're the trainers. Yeah, they were more concerned with doing what what JB sort of pointed out were rubbish pictures. Than, they were really than putting rubbish. their boots on. They were really bad. Some of these guys, I, I think Rob Shaw and uh, Warburton, are fairly conservative characters, aren't they? They're straight as like you know, gregarious, outgoing types. And when some fashion photographers like, okay, work it, work it, grab, <laughs> grab the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> lean in, every, all of you, lean <laughs> yeah. in and grab the trophy. It was like, I can only imagine the photographer there was like doing it for a, a local newspaper. Because you know how I'm like in local newspapers. I bet he wasn't. I you, bet they've got like the headman from yeah, Vogue or something with well, the budgets they have. It reminded me of local newspapers. You know, there'd be like a kid who sort of, I don't know, like um, a seagull's nicked his fish and chips and they'll go, Rub your tummy like you're really hungry and look sad. <laughs> it was like that. It was like, Local look, news boys, stories. look like you really want the trophy and you're leaning in to grab it. Local news stories are terrible. Uh, there was one in uh, where, well, where I work up in Oldham. Local obelisk gets wind erosion or something awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a big problem, that, G. Oh, yeah, yeah, huge. Well, anyway, we're going to try and put that to one side if we can because it's here, boys. The Six Nations in World Cup year is almost here. Indeed it is. Oh, it's exciting. I've gone from being really, really down about Wales' chances to really, really confident now. Yeah, because they start against England. We've got no players left. England have got plenty of players left. They, they've got a few. They've few got available. loads of players. Well, you've got, look, you've got so like 65 million people to choose from. <laughs> you've got plenty of players left, believe me. Hey, um, a few things ahead of the game. It looks Well, we, we'll find out this week what the decision is, but it looks like the roof is going to be off unless there's really? some horrific wind, weather conditions. It's down to England. And Tom Youngs had said in a previous interview, talking about that 33 defeat in 2013, um, that horrible night. Brilliant night for JB. It's all right. Um, Tom Young, speaking about that afterwards, said it was so noisy they couldn't even hear line-out calls. Yeah. Wow. So th- th- it's been in the papers this week that England have been um, training with speakers on full blast. Is that um, really? Yeah. yeah at Penny, Pill Park to Penny, Pill, Penny Hill. Penny Hill Park to try and replicate Which, the by atmosphere. Way, could be like a, a Bond body layer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty it's cool, yeah. really cool place to go. Oh, have you got the... The a picture up of the Six Nations ladies' captains. Uh, I certainly have. I'm flicking through the uh, promotional shots. Uh, that, that one there is Rachel Taylor, who is Welsh captain and also a good North Walian. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, she's from, uh, <laughs> from Common Bay Rugby Club, which is, which is where I'm from. A bit, a bit off-topic, off Jay. Well, uh, you're the one looking at pictures of, of, of the ladies' captains. Uh, I am, flicking through all of the promotional well, shots. We will talk at length about the Six Nations Championship. Um, we will talk at short. I don't know what the opposite of at length at is. Short. At short. <laughs> Old English. We'll talk about, <laughs> we will talk about uh, the LV Cup at short. Because I didn't see any of it. Anyone see any of the LV yeah, Cup? Yeah, I did, actually. Go on. I, you saw... can be, I can't believe what's happened here. J, JB, one of the biggest critics of the LV Cup, is our official LV well, Cup it correspondent. Quite, it's quite good, actually. I watched the last 15 minutes of Bath versus Harlequins at the Stoop, and it was really exciting. They played Banahan at 12, and they spun it wide, and Banahan found himself on the wing. Banners! Banners! <laughs> uh, he went inside, came outside, burned the guy... Round the outside. He's playing like, well. Yeah, really well. Looked to find, I think it was Ollie Woodburn on his on his inside shoulder. Dead simple pass, threw it in front of him, 
what went to ground. Uh, I know. But, but it, it, his running looked really, really good. I don't think he's a 12. He's get, he's, Ban- Banahan is confounding all the critics. Well, at, confounding me, at least. He's confu- yeah, JB. <laughs> and he's, um, well, JB, the critic. And, yeah, he, he's making JB actually get excited and shout, Banners! And we've already also had people getting in touch Benders! saying that whenever they see <laughs> Nick Abenden playing... Uh, they shout Benders, and that's something that JB's done for years. Benders! When we watch Sale versus uh, Claremont, every every two minutes, me and Jay were shouting, Sippers! Benders! <laughs> Love it. Oh, there's actually one thing I meant to play. On, on Going back to the boots for a second, there is one U2 song that seemed appropriate. I just thought I'd play a little clip. Rugby players, if you're listening, no one listens to U2 anymore after they tried to flog their music on you without you even having a choice. Is this However, some sort of music? No, just listen. Just listen for a second. Captains... There you go. Get on your boots. Well done, Bono. So I I missed that story about you two and Donald. What? They had all... Is this a a DJ thing? No, no, it was big news everywhere, I thought. They they had it so that every single iTunes account got a copy of their new album, whether you wanted it or not. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Did you not know about that? I did not know about that. Can we do that with a podcast? (laughs) <laughs> that's a great idea have we got the resources that you two have available no no you two got paid for that to happen they got did, paid did, oh, well, can we do that why so, is no one paying us to <laughs> so force our podcast on everyone so what, yeah. is, is it Tim Johns the head of Apple or whatever now or whatever his name is Tim Cook is Tim, it? Cook. Tim Cook Tim yeah. Cook yeah Tim Cook we will happily have you pay us money to put us on every <laughs> iTunes account in Tim the Cook, world I think Tim Cook is is he from Lancaster or somewhere no idea, no idea. <laughs> I'll go with it Fact. I don't know. Questionable fact there. <laughs> Who's the British guy Apple. for Apple? Grew up in Lancaster, a huge... Don't know. I've got it in this wrong, but I think he's a rugby fan. Tim Cook was born in Alabama. I can tell you that the former president, I think he's a former president now, of Sony uh, was a Welshman, so I'm guessing he was a rugby fan. Fact. No, it's that... just facts dropping <laughs> everywhere It's a tonight. guy who was in charge of um, USA Rugby. Port New Zealander, Port oh, British. Oh, we're going to USA Rugby now. <laughs> fact. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably spotted RGC as well. Speculation about CEOs <laughs> of the world. Right, I'll find that out. <laughs> you are listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, by the way. And let's talk about the Saxons game against the Irish Wolfhounds. And, um, well, everyone was talking about Sam Burgess. So should we Did just play? <laughs> Apparently he was involved. There was, a bit really? of, there was a bit of media coverage about it beforehand. Oh, I've completely missed that. Completely missed that. <laughs> I think he's been dealt with um, a little bit harshly by virtue of the fact that he probably, on me- well, no, not probably, on merit, he doesn't deserve to be in the side. Not even close. And as a result, he's being judged as if he is in the side yeah. and pushing for international honours, and he's, he's just almost, not currently. Almost exactly what I've said for the last few weeks, isn't it, really? But he's, four, he's only four months into rugby union. I know, it's ridiculous. He's clearly a, an amazing talent, and I think it's right of the England set up to get him involved and play him in Saxon's games. Why? But Why I suppose it... it's the responsibility of the media to sort of temper Why the expectation. Why is it right they did it for doing it for him but not, say, Carl Price when he came over? Because, or... well, Sam Burgess is an, excep- an exceptional physical talent. Sam Burgess is like Sonny Bill Williams kind of specimen. I don't know. Well, OK. Uh, let's just park that to one side. I just feel that their time would be better spent developing someone who's closer to the international squad than Sam Burgess at this yeah, time. Yeah, someone like Sam Hill. You know, yeah. when, when you've got Banahan playing at 12... Oh, you're not giving a call for banners no, I'm not. to be in the Saxon. I'm just saying, why, why aren't they... Rest, resting Banahan and letting Sam Burgess play at 12 in that kind in of game. In the LV Cup. Surely yeah. that's a lot better for him then. But he will benefit from being around the Saxons yeah. and, and the England squad because he, well, he's joined up I with them for say, a couple of I, days. There's something about this um, Burgess 
uh, palaver, which caught my eye. And it is endemic of why England aren't the team that they could be. And it's this. It's because I think it was uh, John Clark. Was it John Clark who's in charge of the... Uh, John Callard. Oh, John Callard, sorry, said he was worth having around for his off-field stuff, for his off-field leadership. And there's so much of this management nonsense talk in the England squad about off-field this and culture that and just get down to picking your best players and playing rugby. And I really don't, do, I really don't like selecting Sam Burgess just for his off-the-field leadership. If that was the that case, wasn't why they're doing it. No, they, 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 no, were but, pick, they were picking him for his potential no, no. on-field impact that he could have on the international game, but, be it in six months' when, time or when, in two years' time, when whatever. When he was found short, they're like, oh, well, you know, off-the-field he's great. If, if off-the-field he's great, well, just why don't you even select Richard Brunson? You know, <laughs> some, someone really inspirational. <laughs> So it's just a <laughs> it, it, it is interesting that he didn't play particularly well. Um, I don't know if we'll see him at 12 much in, in future, and certainly not for England, but he has joined up with the full England squad for at least a couple of days yeah. um, over the weekend and will be returning to Bath midweek next week. I, now, I, I, sorry, I, I think I understand the, the yeah. logic behind this yeah. because England are obviously short of numbers and... They're, they're not they're short of numbers. No, they need bo- no, no. bodies they need out there bodies. in training. They need bodies, yeah, for training. And he is the closest thing at, at 12 to uh, Jamie Roberts. So I think they'll be using him in defensive drills. That's a great shout, that, That Phil. isn't a bad shout, actually, Phil. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. So I think that makes sense. And he will learn from it. They, well, they, England will learn from it because he'll be doing that direct running thing. So it's, that's quite good all round. And then he joins back up with Bath in Definitely found shorts in the Wolfhounds. You make a really good point that... If you can model his game on Jamie Roberts, I mean, he's at least as talented naturally as Jamie Roberts, right? Yes, certainly. I and mean, if he's to move out one, I tell you what, a world-class uh, sense who I think he could replicate might be someone like Yannick Jojon, who just used to plant his legs in the ground and offload. Yeah. Uh, from 13. So we've, we've had a tweet from uh, Fatty Matty this week. Thank you very much for getting in touch with us on Twitter and interacting and whatnot. We're on Facebook. We're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Fatty Matty says, uh, apparently there's a rumour that Sky and BT Sport are in a bidding war for a Sam Burgess channel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derry Gasman on Twitter has got in touch and said, boys, Sean O'Brien is back. Surely it's time to go out, take your tent up a mountain. Go pitch your tent with Sean O'Brien. Do you know what? You He's never ridic- get this music, do you? Because ridic- you control the buttons. <laughs> He's a ridiculous specimen. No, I'm this saying- is This is for, this this is is for, for all of us. This, this is, is for, for all Tim. of us. Oh, man. Sean O'Brien is the kind of guy I can imagine fly fishing with up a mountain, cooking over an open fire. Cooking Sean O'Brien over an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you'd get... It'd be very, it'd be very lean meat. Yeah. That'd keep you going, that. Yeah, keep you going for quite a while, that. Whew. Uh, Dan Shears says on the subject of Sam Burgess that he would have preferred Sam Hill to have got a chance kind of echoing what you said sounds like a wise man and JB (laughs) on Twitter and I am going to be having words with JB after this podcast about his Twitter etiquette Um, he was having a rant at a referee shock horror (laughs) um I I normally I normally back the refs to the hill stable referee I normally back the refs to the hill this guy was where did they get he came wearing gym kit he, yeah. Start. yeah, he did. He was a bit whistle happy for my liking. Yeah, he did ruin the flow of the game a bit. Yeah, but Duncan Muir said, "Go on then. If you're going to criticise referees, go on a refereeing course. Then you can legitimately criticise. Would you consider doing that? I think that would be brilliant. I'd love I, to I see JB on a couple of games. Actually, uh, I've refed a couple, a couple as well. But I've not trained. Um, I'm not a qualified ref. But I, I'd do it if you did, would Jay? Because you're already one, Tim, well, aren't you? 
I've actually I am, yeah. got my coaching qualifications booked at Shock Horror. Oh, really? So I'm going to be going through my coaching qualifications. But, I mean, I oh, would, would you want to be coached by JB, Phil? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the next. Who am I going to be the next? I'm the next Dean Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's an egomaniac coach? <laughs> Richard Cockrell? Yeah, that, that'll do. <laughs> Wow, steam coming out of his ears, and we're doing it this way. Whatever yeah, you say, I, I, I could do a, a refereeing. Your, your skin would be thick enough to take all the flack. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, also JB. Or who was it who did the? Um, who mentioned that Nick Autorak looked like? <laughs> yeah. Was that you, Phil? That was me. Yeah. Yes. So Phil made a brilliant observation about Nick Autorak, the bath prop, and that he looked a bit like a Highland cow. And also looked a bit like what character was it? Uh, it's Goku from Dragon Ball Z. If, anyone, if anyone knows it, Henry Thomas favorited that tweet. Nope. Nick Alterac himself retweeted that, oh, did he? that tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sam, not a Bath fan, got in touch and said, uh, "Well, our nickname for Nick, uh, Nick Alterac is Hench Harry Styles." Yeah, I, I, I that. like that. Yeah, that's good. It's a good nickname. Right then. Oh, before we go on and talk about the Six Nations, which we will at, at length. Um, do you remember last week we were talking about the fact we had a Egg Chasers Fantasy Rugby Private League on the ESPN rugby site? Mm-hmm. So they, they're running a fantasy league and they've got their own prizes and whatnot for the overall prize. But we we want to have our own private league. We've got some like, what, 150 ish uh, uh, people? Yeah, 136 was the, the last count. We've got 136 people playing our well, that's, league. That's now when it's not even that it's. There's, yeah, four really? weeks ago. We're not even we've got a whole week. So plenty of time for you to get involved as well. Come and join us. Canterbury have said they're going to provide a prize. We do wow. love Canterbury. An excellent prize, no doubt. We, oh, yeah. No, it'll be some... an, an excellent, high-quality, well-made prize. Yeah. Absolutely. And they, they've Wonderful. when they've said they're going to come up and uh, help us out with a prize, they have given some awesome stuff. We've had massive boxes arrive before for to, for stuff to give away. So. I've got a box arriving at my work very, very soon. Yeah, I saw you were negotiating that on your own. <laughs> on the sly. ambassador, I'll have you know. <laughs> so, yes, if you want to win some prizes and win the pride of winning the Egg Chasers fantasy private league then um the, the private league code and we will tweet this out and facebook this out so go find it but and um, the f- league code phil is eight one two six two and we made the comment last time that it sounds like come on Carl. this Shut advert back. 50 50 50 <laughs> but, <laughs> i've got a bit of a treat for you oh lads. yes no, no. <laughs> You said, I'd love to hear our codes yeah, in that style. And basically what I thought was the style is like 90s rave music. And yeah, here we go. So if, if you're not sure what the league code is for our private league, then here it comes. Come and challenge like-minded rugby fans and join the Egg Chasers private fantasy rugby league for the Six Nations Championship. You could even win some prizes. It's the ESPN Fantasy Rugby League. We've got a private code. Come and join our league. Just type in 81262. That private league code is 81262. 81262. One more time. Terminal 81262. <laughs> 81262. Oh my god, very good. Sir. That's brilliant. very good. <laughs> so come join us. What's uh, that? Take oh. us on. 81262, even I know it. I've not even got a team yet. So, um, wow. We're all picking our own teams. Um, so, my, mine is Tim, and JB's is JB, and Phil is Phil. But we're collectively doing a team as well. And we're so confident that by uniting the power of our separate minds and putting them together in one team, we can even tell you what our team is going to be, and we'll still come out on top. Yeah. So, Phil, go on then, just rattle through our 15 that we've picked for our fantasy league team. Well, we picked this earlier. If, if I run through the backs and uh, Jay can run through the forwards, yeah. from 15, we've got half penny, 
uh, who is also our kicker. Yeah, that was pretty, no no debate was there with that one. Yeah, definitely half penny kicking uh, with Sexton out for the first game at least. Then Tommy Bow and Teddy Toma, whose attacking potential certainly outweighs his defensive uh, weaknesses. Then Fofana and Robbie Henshaw in the centres. See, some people might say it's quite a bold bold call, Henshaw. I wanted Darren Cave. I think I think Henshaw is the most likely to start in the centres for, for Ireland. It, it, there's a question mark whether Cave or Jared Payne will start alongside him. Mm. Um, so we could change that later in the week, but that, that's where we are at the moment. George Ford and Reese Webb as our half-backs. Yeah, I like that. Okay, another pack. Again, that, that was aided by by um, Owen Farrell being out injured. There's no, yeah. no debate yeah, who yeah. England's number one is now. Yeah, and, and Sexton missing the first game as well. Yes. It's, yeah, so, easy. Our pack in the back row, we've got Armitage, Haskell and Ewers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to pick this. No, I've got to read. Okay. But uh, Vinopola, Parise, Heaslip. As three number eights. Yeah. And now JB didn't really want Sergio. I didn't know. Uh, what's the point? You know, Just because uh, he looks incredible. He does not anything. Yeah, and if Italy do anything at all, he will be involved right in the centre of it. Whether they do anything at all or not, well, it, yeah, that that's, that's still up in the air. Yeah, they've gone backwards a bit. Anyway, so yeah, him. Uh, Alwyn Jones and Paul O'Connell, uh, man of the match magnets. Captains. Both yeah. captains will both 80 play 18 minute minutes. Men. Yeah. And we've cheated by going for three hookers. Benjamin Kayser, Richard Hibbard and Ross Ford. So I think Token Scott. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, so, so in breaking it down by nationalities, we've got one Englishman, one Scotsman. Uh, two, two English, one, one Italy, one Scot. Three French. Three French. Four Ireland, four Wales. I've got a feeling, you know, the French team are going to have an absolute stinker of a tournament. Oh, you, it just, could just go either way, couldn't it? They, they start at home to Scotland, so you've got to imagine they're going to get off on a good Scotland foot. Winning that. Scotland are on a real crest of a wave. And... Yeah, and Van yeah. Cotter's doing, doing his thing. Um, now, Warren Gatland has said many times before that starting well in the Six Nations is really, really important. So that was, that was our team, by the way. So pick yours, add, it, add it to our private league. And Warren Gatland kind of knows a, a thing or two. And, um, I mean, that is just a mouth-watering game. There's no better way to say this tournament has started than, bang, Friday night. Well, we don't know if the roof on will be on or not, but well. this was... Now, I'm an Englishman, and this is as good as it gets in terms of a pre-game curtain raiser, with the exception of the Harker. What?! That's not even the same league. No, no, no. I'd say this. I'd the say hacker's rubbish. I'd say the hacker in the Millennium Stadium. <laughs> the hacker's rubbish. I mean, the hacker in the Millennium Stadium has to be done in the change rooms. It was so yeah, rubbish. Yeah, no, but I, <laughs> the hacker in the Millennium Stadium, you will not get a better oh. curtain raiser to a game. Yeah. So I cannot wait. The only people like the hacker are people that don't really watch rugby and they're discussing it in the public. That's everyone. That's everyone. Everyone but you, Jay. Oh, it's good, isn't it? No, it's rubbish. No, when we watched the hacker live in America and the the crowd were chanting USA, USA, and then the yeah. fireworks went off. Well, it was incredible. Right, okay. Incredible. I'm on record saying this. The hacker is rubbish because you're not allowed to do anything with it. You, you know, they no, do it. The hacker's not rubbish. The lack of, um, the lack of yeah, what the oppositions can do. Forced by, by New Zealand. Otherwise, they'll do it in the change room. So I say now, just do it in the change room. Take your ball and go home. Uh, let the boys dance. <laughs> 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 you can't come with the 20 yards of it, you can't disrespect it, you can't respond to it. <laughs> this man, as a Welshman, I'm so jealous of... Of us winning grand slums? No, of be- people being Welsh and having that. I, honestly, if uh, you're yeah. in South Wales, you won't be that jealous. Um, <laughs> but no, you, you mentioned, like, w- jealous of Wales winning grand slams and tournaments. Yes, England have had one 
since 2003. I'm, I'm looking to Phil because he's the he's the stat man. Is that right? Are they not winning? Have they not won it since? Since, uh, the world, since the year they won it in the World Cup year 2003. I think they've only had we've won. We've won it once. England have won it once since 2003, yeah. Fact. In 2011. Yeah, I thought they'd won one. That, for, for the size of England's union and for the resources they've got and the players they've got, that is a woeful what effort. You, okay, so the problem is, Stuart Lancaster, I've come to this conclusion. Whoa. The problem is Stuart Lancaster, and this is how I finally got to this con- conclusion. If you look at Gatlin, then you look at Lancaster. Lancaster has been in the job now since the last World Cup, and he's still no closer to having his final team. If I asked hmm. five people and said, guys, pick me your best England team, they'd probably all pick five different England teams. If I asked the same per- people, pick me your best Welsh teams, they'd all probably pick the same team. Because the problem with Lancaster is he has his system, and he tries to get people to fill his system, which is why people say, oh, um... Rupshaw is a great flanker, the best one for our system. But actually, it should be who is the best flanker? Gatlin picks the best fifteen players. There are no better fifteen than what that uh, in Wales than the fifteen that Gatlin puts out. Uh, I would uh, disagree with that slightly. Yeah, I think I would as well, actually, Jay. Um, Gatlin changes the systems. The floor is yours, Phil. Well, I, I, I do think there's been a lot made of Gatlin ball and picking the biggest backs available. And best backs. The, the well, the biggest backs available is what a lot of people would say that Gatlin ball is, and you'd argue that Liam Williams is a better all-round rugby player than Alex Cuthbert. Yep. Alex Cuthbert is bigger, stronger, and better a good finisher. good finisher, but he's not a better all-round We've rugby player. We've yet to see what the team will be, but uh, my, be, my be guess is Liam Williams, in form, looking electric, I think he'll be on the bench and it will start with Cuthbert. Well, be- because that fits his system. I think you're barking up the wrong tree, boys. I think if Liam Williams starts at the head of George North, which sounds ludicrous to anyone uh, that watches the Premiership, but those in the know around Wales don't think Gatlin's very happy with North. Um, no. Well, Gatlin is playing mind games there. I, I suspect he is, but... There's no way that George North is not starting that test match. No way on earth. Here's what I'm going to pick up, Jay, you on, on that point about, you know, Lancaster picks the system and Gatlin picks the, the players on it merit. I, I, no, no I, I think back to his Wasps days and what everyone at Wasps says is that his whole philosophy, everything, was about physical conditioning, about weights, about fitness, and he has a game plan which is really, really simple. So simple, the most basic of any international team's game, but they do it at such a pace and they require such fitness that it, it is a system that they then fit players to. That's why Adam Jones isn't involved in a squad. He would have been in the England squad, probably on the bench. He would have been in Scotland, France, Ireland. But he has been in the squad for a long, long time. Yeah, I know, but he's not involved because he's not fit enough. He can't play the pace of game that Wales plays. So I think the complete opposite, I think... That what he did at Wasps was physical conditioning, and what he's doing at Wales. Have you heard? Have you heard about what they're doing in, their, in terms of their training? Yeah, they're going to Colorado. Are they, are they yeah, on? they're not. They're not focused on doing loads of rugby sessions to tinker and make sure the game plan's right. They're doing full-on mental fitness now, even in the build-up to the well, Six Nations. Don't get me wrong; he definitely has his preferences, and no, no one doesn't have a preference. But if you look at his team selections in the past for Wales. He has gone from... Uh, by the way, nobody loves Gavin Henson more than Gatland. He ha- Gavin Henson hasn't played for God knows how long and they still wanted him in the probable squad. And prior to that, they put him on a poster for the kit. I mean, he's, <laughs> he was retired for 18 months. So he's gone from uh, Gavin Henson, who at the time was a marvellous distributor of rugby ball, swapped him with, uh, with Roberts because Roberts was the best player available, and they've just changed the system completely. They've gone from Dwayne Peel to Mike Phillips, and now they've got this halfway house in Reese Webb. 
Uh, so he does pick the best players rather than the best system, and then, and then he plug, plugs them in. It just so happens he's lucky with all these big guys to play what is now called Gatland ball. They're massive. They're absolutely yeah, they massive. England could pick a massive, massive pack. Uh, sorry, uh, a massive backline. They just choose not choose not to. So if Gatland, yeah. if, if, if Gatland was in charge of England, his backline would what be? Banners! Yeah, exactly. Banner, but Bannerhan and Vardendell on Bannerhan. the wings. Yeah, well, why not? Banners at, at 12. <laughs> so if Gatlin was picking the England squad I reckon that the England team the back line I reckon there'd be no debate it'd be Owen Farrell would be his number yeah. one fly half really? and, he, and he'd have Ford on the bench yeah definitely because well, that, that's Gatlin's at, style and look at James Hook exactly yeah so he could just yeah James Hook got dropped in, uh, he played Stephen Jones who was solid in defence Dan Bigger Stephen Jones and, he, yeah. and by the way he has played James James Hook at 12 it depends on who's and he, the, he'd, who's, have, yeah. he'd, have, he'd have two Alagi and Burrell I mean we, yeah. would, we wouldn't be having this conversation about should Jonathan Joseph play in the centre Kyle Eastman it would be like no neither of them play I, it's Burrell and Tuolagi and that's what's it what's really weird about um, Tuolagi is he's probably England's only player who has outstanding natural talent who you go he's definitely in Everyone else is kind of well. They're okay. Yeah, but maybe, I think maybe this not. is. I think this is where I actually disagree with you most on the whole system thing. I think Stuart Lancaster doesn't totally know his system, and that's why it's so hard for him to pick players. Because Gatlin, just you, you would go. You play. He's playing this Gatlin ball. He'd go this week. I think for Friday, if Gatlin was picking the England team for Friday, he'd be going. I know he's not playing very well, but we're going to go twelve trees and Burrell because they're big, solid, robust. Yeah. And there we go. I think Lancaster does know. Probably 13, 13 or fourteen out oh, of his starting though, out of his starting lineup. But the only reason he doesn't know, I think he doesn't probably doesn't know um, his best best nine yeah. um, because he's changed them up. A lot of people would say it's care, but he's changed it up, and he doesn't know his best twelve. And that's only because of injuries and form. Mm-hmm. If, if had twelve trees been playing well for, since his good Six Nations last year for Gloucester, then he would be the starting twelve. But he hasn't. He's been poor all through. So he's had to to change up and try other people. Try Eastman. Try Barrett. Classic example of where Lancaster's got it wrong is the back row. He sticks with Rob Shaw through thick and thin, and then goes, "Oh, well, he's the best for that role within that team and that system." <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think he's he's the best seven in England. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's Armitage is arguably better, but what? he's not playing in England, so he's not available to him. I mean, Haskell. No, Haskell. He's best not a seven. seven. He's not a seven. Yes, he is. He's hundred percent a seven. I, I think I think Haskell, if Tom Wood's not fit, could play six for England this coming yeah. week I don't and, and I... would be superb because he tackles yeah. so hard he works so hard at the breakdown he's so strong I don't think he's an international seven no I agree what his does... distribution I don't his... think Robshaw is though I think Robshaw is an international six I think he's a great seven now, I saw some statistics from the Autumn Internationals that compared oh I'm um, getting my fact button ready here compared I... Sam Warburton to Chris Robshaw and Chris Robshaw on turnovers tackles metres made and offloads was all was betting every single measure than no. Sam Warburton. Was this the same? Tackles, metres made, turnovers, and I think it was offloads. And Rob Shaw was above Warburton. Warburton in the Ultimate in on every count. Fact. Well, okay, so that is nice. It's an indication that Rob Shaw is a proper seven. Well, yeah, because he's doing some is... of those things. He's doing lots of the things that sevens should be doing. He's no hoops oh, no, or no. McCaw, by the way, obviously. No. <laughs> Good player. He's an international player, but he's not the best seven. Uh, he's not the best option right now because I honestly think Haskell is... If you look at the Harlequins versus Wasps game, uh, I know you can't say it is uh, a fair match saying it's Rob Shaw versus Haskell, but Haskell not played... Right, let, let's quickly, if we can do this quickly, let's pick 15 out of the two 15s that we predict might be on the park between England and Wales really quickly. So fullback, would you go Brown or Halfpenny? Halfpenny? I'd, I'd I, go Brown. I'd go Brown. What? How? <laughs> How? <laughs> 
great. Be- because Halfpenny it, is a very good kicker of the very ball. Very good kicker. Half, and yeah. he's very good defensively. And he's a Lions fullback. They, they, I mean, they could have had Brown, but they didn't. I, I think if you're and picking the also, Lions now, it would be different. In the last Six Nations, he top, he was the top try scorer, most metres made, most men beaten. <laughs> he was like top of all uh, the attacking stats in the last Six Nations. Oh, uh, right, so... I, it's got to be Halfpenny. Well, it I, has to be Halfpenny. Right, so the back, my back line combined would be on form, Webb, Ford, Roberts, Davies, North... Possibly Williams Where? or Cuthbert. Sorry, um, Ford. Ford. And, right. then, and then Brown. So it would be 10 and 15 England and the rest Wales. Yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on. How is Ford, maybe as a natural talent, might be better than Bigger. But Bigger's a, a, a quality international fly half who's proven it has to be Bigger. It has to be Webb, it has, it has to be Bigger, it has to be Halfpenny. <laughs> so it has to be the whole way. <laughs> Wales back ride. Well, all right, fine. In, yeah. the, in the forwards, I'd go uh, Hartley at Hooker. I would go... In fact, I might even pick England's whole front row. Samson Lee, I think, would get... In, I mean, uh, ahead of Wilson? The head of the yeah. cornerstone of your favourite uh, bath pack? Yeah, I think so, actually. Really? I think so. Uh, Samson Lee's a good player, but I think I would have Wilson ahead Samson, of him. Uh, I'd, I'd probably have Hibbard ahead of uh, would, Hartley just because of his uh, Hartley's disciplinary record. Yeah, yeah, I actually quite like Hartley. I, I think he's the best all-round player there. Atwood and Win jones in the, in the engine room? 100%. Uh, and then back row. I, do you know what? It's, it probably highlights this. I was just I was just looking at it and thinking Warburton, Robshaw, and then I don't know between Vunipola and Falata. Well, Vunipola every time. Let's just say, let's just say the seven birth is is Warburton. Warburton's. Yeah, you know, six Robshaw. Uh, well, is he a better six than all the other options? I think and, so. And by the way, I'm not talking about Welsh options. I'm talking about the English options. Wood. I think Wood plays him off the park at six. And I, I think Haskell would be a better six. I think Robshaw's yeah. a better seven than Haskell. I think. Haskell's a better six than oh, this is exactly I what don't. happened to Gatlin and the Lions when, when he left them at home. And Vinopolo or Falatau? Vinopolo, every time. I think so as well. Mm-hmm. And, and in, Ga- in Gatlin's system, he'd definitely be... I could flip a coin on those two. They're the cousins, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, that gives you an indication. I think if, if that's any l- sort of indication, it's basically England need to play tight front five rugby Wales need to get the ball out uh, England sure. need to play tight front five rugby if Davy Wilson is fit because if he's missing then we've got a real problem listen one quick thing thank you very much for everyone getting in touch on Twitter over the last week one little thing we lobbed out there as a bit of a kind of Friday waste a bit of time was come up with some alternative rugby team names this is, be- <laughs> this is after Max Laheef was announced as moving back from the Melbourne Rebels to Bath He's, he played in the LV Cup at the weekend, I believe, or he will be this. He did, yes. Yeah, he did. Um, massive pair of guns on him, that lad. Yeah, yeah. But another guy who's come out of the London Irish Academy, and, and whether directly or indirectly, always they end up at Bath. It's happening with Tom Homer <laughs> as well. It's yeah. happened with Max Laheef. So, I, so basically that brought up the nickname again that Bath, their actual name should be London Irish West. And uh, seriously, as was pointed out by, where have I got it here? Chris Bailey, sorry, must be the easiest job in rugby being a Bath talent spotter because you just <laughs> hang outside Hazelwood and uh, chat to the young London Irish guys. Hazelwood? Is that what the... Uh, is a, that the new training ground, yeah, London Tell Irish. you what, rugby have really got their act together with, like, nice-sounding training grounds. Yeah, it does sound mm. good, doesn't Penny it? Penny Hill Park, Hazelwood. Yeah. Uh, Farley House. So here's some alternative rugby team names. Oval Digest on Twitter said Munster should be called Leinster Academy Graduates. And on a similar one, Jamie oh. Fenton said that Leicester Tigers should just be called Newcastle Falcons Academy graduates. <laughs> yeah. And also said that Bristol should be 
Welsh internationals of the early 90s, 15. <laughs> Atticus B to Beard, long-time follower, said Exeter should be the King Midas Invitational 15. Yep. Uh, Rich Church Keen says London Welsh should just be called London Welsh Lose. It would save a lot of time. <laughs> Which is a good one. Also said that Covent, uh, sorry, wasps should be the Coventry Cuckoos, Cuckoos taking over a nest and forcing ah, the inhabitants out. I like that. Quinn's apparently should be the Downton Abbey House 15 <laughs> or the Battenberg 15. Nice, and, yeah. I like that. And the one that came up a lot is one that JB's used a lot for Saracen's Globo Gym. Oh, uh, Hive Mind, or, the, or even better, <laughs> the Borg. The Sorry Cyborg. Yeah, the Borg. The so, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Should we talk about something? Well, how do you oh. see the game going in Cardiff? I was going to say, quiz, if we, if we do the wrap-up at the end. Yeah, go on. We've got a quiz. Ooh, a quiz. Oh, we've got a quiz. How novel. <laughs> ah, yes, my Phil's quiz master today, so... Oh, my back. Eyes down, brain and gear. JB's got a bad back. Yeah, how's your brain, though? Functioning. Barely. <laughs> What's the bad back from? Is that from playing? Yeah, just wear and tear. He's... Yeah, cool. Okay. Go on, Phil. Okay. So, we know there's a lot of controversy at the moment about players oh. born in different countries or living in different countries playing for their national teams. Mm. Now, in the Six Nations squads that were announced last week, Scotland led the way with players not born in Scotland. Oh, nailed it. Oh, not born in Scotland? Not born in Scotland, with an incredible 44% of their squad not born wow. in Scotland. word. Now, they only have six players who play outside Scotland. All of the rest play in Scotland. So can you name those six players? Easy. And a little clue, there are five forwards and only one back. I think I've got three straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, there's there's one that will be particularly tricky. The rest you should definitely get. You should definitely get five. Do you have a pen, Phil? I, I do. I, I do. There you go. I'm pretty sure I've got five. Hmm. Straight away. Do you want to do this now or do you want to have a little breather? Up to you guys. I was just writing them down. If you write down your five and then have a think about the other one. Should we do it now? Let me, let me, just, let me just actually, before you answer that, JB, let's, let me just remember how annoyed you were when we let the quiz go on a bit that longer was last time. ten minutes that you had. <laughs> um. So if, you, if you're going to be a man of your honour and word, you'll do it straight away. I think I've got all six. All six would be spectacular. Okay, nearly there, nearly there now. Because there are quite a few Scottish guys playing abroad who have represented Scotland in the past who aren't in the squad. Jay, you've got six? Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, there's one more guy I need to get. I can't remember his name, so if it comes to me, I'll write it down. Okay. Done. Your first one. Do you want to tell me the back first? Because that's nice and easy. Laidlaw. Laidlaw. Yeah, correct. <laughs> awesome. One, one. One point each. Okay. Okay. Then... Uh, Tim, do you want to go for one? Um, I'm hoping he's fit, otherwise I've just really screwed myself up. Kieran Lowe, London Irish. Oh, nice. He's not in the squad. Oh, he must be injured. He was in. He was in the. Oh, he was in the squad. Damn it, Jay. Jay, I'm gonna go Richie Gray. Tim, do you have Richie Gray? I have Richie Gray. Richie Gray plays for Cast. Is correct. Let's Tim, do you want to go for someone else? Uh, uh, okay. Jeff Cross, London J- Irish. Jeff Cross of London Irish is correct. I would not have got that. I have not put it down. Jim has not put that down. Jim Hamilton. Tim? I, I have Jim Hamilton. Of Saracens is correct. So, 
Uh, I need two more. I only have one name left. And Jay, how many names have you got left? I've got one name here. I'm trying desperately to think of the other one. I not. Uh, All right, we'll just, just a, say yeah. the one you've got. Okay, I've got Barkley. Been cast. Okay. What I wrote down, I wrote down two bat rowers. I wrote down Alistair Strokosh, and I wrote down Johnny Beatty. Okay. Johnny Beatty. Uh, and I think is Johnny Beatty, if Johnny Beatty's still at Montpellier or abroad, I've, that, that's the one. I've crossed Johnny... out Strokosh, and I've circled Beatty. Now, <laughs> Beatty's in cast, isn't he? Beatty is playing abroad. Who did you say? Uh, Barkley. Barkley, I think he's playing for Scarlets, but isn't in the squad. I meant Beatty. Johnny Beatty wasn't in the original squad, but has been oh, since called no, up. That's what I wanted. <laughs> That's one I was after. Damn it! <laughs> so what does that mean the but final score was? Also... Whoa, 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 there's one more so there's guy. one more. So Alistair Strokos wasn't the one, no. was it? Alistair Strokos is as well. Oh, so that was so the other I got one. It, I got it wrong. No, there is another one yes, outside that. No, 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 that. that doesn't count. No, 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 no. no Strokos doesn't count. Strokos no, doesn't Strokos, count. Even though if there was, if we had an extra one, it's there on my sheet. Yeah. I, I think the guy you're but looking for is a prop. No. Oh, it's not... He's a back row. Plays for London Irish. Blair Cowan. Blair Cowan. Oh, yeah. Oh. How, did I get, how did I get Kieran Lowe and not Blair Cowan? <laughs> what about, still uh, one. Still one. Who yeah. is, who uh, is... BT wasn't on my original list because he wasn't in the, in the original squad who but was, was since called up. Yeah, anyway, I, I got five out of six. I got four. <laughs> yeah. I should, I should have got Barkley. Well, I mean, there was, there was seven and you got yeah. six, six out of the I seven. I got six out of the seven. But you missed, you missed London Irish, Tim. I know. I'm a bit surprised about that. Yeah. Bit of surprise, but anyway. Uh, so let's talk about the Six Nations, and then, um, well, firstly, let's let's leave the England Welsh one to one side. Um, well, no, let's deal with that one finally. How do you see it going? Um, I'm going to go to Phil first as an Englishman because I know what Jay's going to say on this one, and I know what I think. So, what do you think, Phil? I think the number of injuries that England have got will have an impact, and England are lucky or blessed that they have got more much squad more depth, depth yeah, yeah, than anyone else, but. Their squad also has a lot less experience than the Wales squad, mm. for example. Mm. Um, and I think that is going to take its toll. Having your th- first three second rows out injured is going to cause an issue. Having what is probably your starting centre combination of Tuolagi and Eastman, if everyone was fit, is going yeah. go, to be an issue. The 10 who's played the most rugby in the past three years since yeah. just Lancaster got involved being out injured is going to cause another and the, problem. And, and the, they probably will play. I mean, look at New Zealand and the way they shut out Wales in the Autumn Internationals it was just by kicking really yeah territory and I don't think England will mess about I think they'll try and play the game in the right area I think they'll try and keep it tight lots of malls I think that's the only area England have got I mean I'm really pleased that the Isgar says is the referee and he's quite good at refereeing the scrum mm. and that's the only thing I'm thinking is quite good for England because I think they could again if Wilson's fit no I think yeah. they could I think they could even be close to scrum I, I, I don't see where you're getting this from Wilson's a good proficient scrummager but he's not a world-beating He's England's good. pack is good. scary. He's the cornerstone of the Bath pack, which is the best scrummaging pack in the Premiership. Mm, I'd argue Paul James's, but still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, so this is interesting. But, but, I, but I see Wales comfortably winning by more than seven, maybe I 10 or 11 points. Yeah. The England first 15 could win this, uh, but they're not going to win it, and it's not for the reasons that, that you think. I don't think this England team is substantially worse off for his injuries. In fact, in a lot of ways, these injuries have forced the hand of Lancaster. And actually, I think he's got a slightly more talented team because of it. Uh, I think Atwood is a start of me every time. I might mm. agree with you on that one. Yeah. 
But then you know, in the second, second, in the back row, if they lose Wood and they can bring in Haskell, I think that, that I think that's brilliant. I think he's been forced to play for Napolo. That's great. And actually, you know, Manu is a loss, but you know, if you have to play Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph and Kyle Eastman, that's pretty. Good. I, 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 East, I, Eastman is out. The only definitely fit centre pairing is Twelve Trees and, and Jonathan Joseph, which is why Henry Slade has been called up into the squad because he could legitimately um, be, be on the bench. To cover ten and, ten and centre. And by the way, wow. when, when you are that many centres down and you can call up Henry Slade, that's when you realise you're in, you're in good nick and you should be doing be- better than what you we want. Are, we are one injury away from Burgess being the centre cover. Yeah, maybe actually. <laughs> um, so why are they going to lose? It's not because it's a significantly depleted uh, squad depth. It's because they've already got their ready-made excuse, and I think that they'll use it. I think they'll, <laughs> they'll use it. I think the media have got that. I don't think the, the squad oh, are thinking I, like that. I, I, well, they are because no. they're already like, oh, do we have the roof open? Do we have it not open? Uh, uh, you know, if the roof is closed because of some weather and they go out with a few guys missing I don't think they have the mental strength because it's not built built into them and it's a World Cup year and a home World Cup and, I, and they know what the stakes are and, yeah. then, and, and I think I don't think it's not going to be a 30 points to 3 hear me now believe me later but it, um, <laughs> I think it, I think Wales will win and I think well I mean the bookies and everyone seems to be going that for, yeah. for that so, yeah, yeah Wales, Wales, Wales by less than 7 mm. um, Wales by less than I, 7 I, I don't see that I think it'll be more than two scores. Let's, all right. Well, let's talk about some of the other games because if you were an Irish all, fan listening to this, <laughs> if you were an Irish fan or a Scottish fan or a Welsh, uh, not Welsh, uh, Irish or Scottish or French even or Italian or whatever, if you yeah, were, if you supported our... someone else, you would be a bit frustrated by the podcast so far. You so, would be, but I think as an understanding that because England are playing Wales yeah. and Ireland are playing France, yeah. there's not really that much yeah. else to talk about. Ireland travel to Italy. Yeah. Uh, shall I use a, a proper sporting cliche? Please do. Oh, uh, going to uh, Rome as a potential banana Bano- skin. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me just tell you about that phrase, the potential banana skin. Uh, I, we've been playing all right this year at Broughton Park, and every every team talk without fail, our forwards coach pulls us in and tries to persuade us that not only is this a banana skin, but we're destined to slip on it and break our backs. In fact, he's... I reckon, sounds like good. That sounds like real positive oh, chat. Every, sounds like... every team talk, uh, potential banana skin, watch out boys, I'll beat you up at front. Thanks, coach. <laughs> so I, I, every time you say potential banana skin, it, it makes me shudder. It makes me convulse. Yep. It's one of those little cliches that gets dusted off. But it is a potential banana skin. However, Ireland off the back of the autumn, however, without Jonathan Sexton, and with a lot of their big players either just coming back from injury or not totally fit, um, they're in kind of a bit of a... There's a little question mark over Ireland, isn't there? There's question marks over who's going to play. Definitely. Definitely. They don't know who the best squad at the moment is because having the likes of Keane Healy and Sean O'Brien, had they had six months to play, they would be guaranteed nailed on starters. Yep. But having only played one match last weekend, there's big question marks over them. I don't Ireland, think they need will, to play Ireland will definitely have enough. It feels to me like uh, the rugby gods have dealt Ireland a very nice hand indeed because they can... They can come into the competition relatively slowly. They go to uh, to Italy, nice little warm up, and it gives their big players an extra week or so just to get fit. And even if they, who's the next game Ireland after Italy? Uh, they play France at home. Okay, so they hopefully will be fit for that. But if they're not, they've got another week after that as well. Yeah. So it seems very fortuitous timing for for the Irish. And they, to me, are, I would say that they are the tournament, tournament favourites in my eyes. The bookies would agree with you. They are currently tournament favourites, and I yeah. would agree with you as well. Yeah. I think I think they are. So banana skin or not, they'll they'll do what they need to I do can't believe that, in Rome. 
Darren Cave, after watching him play for the last two or three games, isn't nailed on. It just question marks because he didn't play there in the autumn. So there's this it's still all up in the air that uh, post O'Driscoll centre partnership. Now Ruan Pinot is uh, Irish as well, or at least they're taking that to speedy <laughs> way, no, are they not? After eighty, I think eighty-one caps for South Africa, it would be a difficult one to to argue. <laughs> I'm sure they are petitioning some sort of world body on this. Uh, well, they've got they've got a couple of good scrum halves. I think um, Murray is a bit of a doubt. Um, Owen Redden's obviously oh. a very good scrum half, and Kieran Marmion. Can I just is a good uh, scrum in- as well. <laughs> interrupt you? I couldn't believe I saw this. Isaac Boss played for the Wolfhounds. Yeah, where do they find him? A museum. <laughs> I didn't even know he was still in Ireland. <laughs> like Wales have got a pretty much fully fit squad. Ireland and England are ravaged by injury. And I mentioned earlier about Warren Gatlin's approach. They have been, even during the autumn internationals, even now through the summer, they have just been on a f- massive fitness conditioning. They haven't been doing loads of rugby sessions because the game plan... George North has. Because the game plan is so (laughs) simple. The game plan for Wales is so simple. All they've been doing is fitness, 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 fitness. And it's quite interesting and I wonder if there's any relationship between that and the fact that... Simple isn't easy. No. No, no, no. It's almost harder because the opposition knows exactly what you're going to do and yet they still can't stop you. It's interesting interesting on the fitness because Wales do, for a long time, they've um, claimed to be the fittest, fittest, strongest, fastest, all that. Um, having their strength and conditioning camps in Poland and all well, everywhere else. When they lost to New Zealand, they were there and there thereabouts 60 minutes. until 65, maybe even 70 minutes. Mm. And there was the, those last 10 minutes when New Zealand, who are undisputed fittest rugby team in the world. Yeah. Are they fittest or do they play, do New Zealand play in a certain way that wears teams down? So although the Wales, man, Wales team man for man will be fitter. Well, I mean, here's, here's, here's what it is. I think New Zealand's skills an understanding of the game and the way they play off each other and read the game, their 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 game awareness and all that is of such a high level that you only need to drop a couple of percent off, mm. as you will do in the last 10 minutes of the game, and they will rip you to shreds. Because but, there's a lot of guys in the media saying New Zealand are fitter by far. And I'm thinking there's only such a level of human fitness that can possibly be achieved, and it's not <laughs> like 10% over Wales. There's but just... it, it, it's also... Um, the rugby intelligence. Yeah. I, I remember uh, speaking to a prop who we all we all know who's got. Uh, I think he's more than two hundred national league appearances. Very experienced prop who was never particularly fit, no. and he was talking to a, a younger lad oh. who was fitter, fitter than him in training, but struggled a lot more in the games. And he was saying, like, pick your battles. You don't have to hit every rook. You don't have to sprint, mm. sprint for sixty minutes, then blow up. If you play smart, you'll last the full eighty, and that's. Possibly what New Zealand do as is this well. A, is this a very good prop who has excellent hands? Yeah, superb hands. Yeah, I know who he's he's put me in for a few tries is over the years. Yeah. Props that I've played with you, I, played I, with. I've, I've, played, I, played, I, with. I've played with him as well. Yeah. I, I played with him at Manchester. You've played with him where, Jay? Actually, do you know I don't know. I've, played, I've trained with him because he's brought on Parker originally. Yeah, he takes his little lad down there to mini rugby. I see him every Sunday. Indeed he does. Yeah. yeah. All right, Flinny. Anyway, um, France against Scotland. Now, a resurgent Scotland, a Scotland who've got a bit of belief and they've got a bit of something about them, a bit of steel. And I think Blair Cowan, the the one name we missed on the the earlier thing, is is the perfect one player that, that shows what Scotland have that they haven't had before. And that's just hardness, robustness and... There's a certain... A certain certainty. That's a terrible phrase. There's a certainty in the way that Scotland play now. 
I didn't think that they had that. It looks like they've got a very clear game, game plan and they've got the personnel to execute it. And that's that, that to me is a big difference. It breeds confidence. Yeah, and having Glasgow playing really well at the moment um, and having a lot of the squad from just those two teams and Edinburgh are starting to play well. And it's interesting that Fern Cotter, Vern Cotter, um, Fern Cotton. Fern Cotton. <laughs> what did Fern, Fern Cotton say about the game? Yeah. She said, uh, "She said I prefer France's kit to uh, Scotland's. <laughs> Macron's not oh. really. Ma- I don't wear Macron. But I, they're uh... all great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fern Cotton. Fern. Can <laughs> <laughs> I <can't> say it? <laughs> Vern Cotter, who has won um, stuff in the past. What's he won? Uh, I, I, I love this discussion. <laughs> What's he won? Top fourteen title with Clermont. European Challenge Cup with with Clermont, and he was with the Crusaders when they won two Super Rugby titles as well. Yep, back um, in your box, JB. It's yeah. just interesting that they've got a coach who has got that experience mm. winning stuff, mm. uh, and so it's that kind of positive mentality and having that experience to know what it takes to win when the games are tight and when you're getting to sixty, seventy minutes, and not it's making changes from his point of view that will win the game yeah. rather than lose by two points yeah so his experience will be invaluable I think it's really interesting when you look at the Six Nations sides and you look at the ones that are struggling Italy France and England to a degree and you look at the ones that are on an upward trajectory Wales, Ireland, Scotland the three teams that you mentioned second that are doing well their coaches give their teams an identity in the way they play one word give a tag to each team Wales Fitness, power, oh, yes, yeah, size, one, one, big, Gatlin ball, England. <sighs> See, this is it, clueless, <laughs> uncertain, Scotland, forwards. Oh, no, England would be forwards. Yeah, forwards. Yeah, I go Ireland favourites, Ireland ball players, and balanced. Yeah, balanced. I think they've got the best balanced team. Yeah. Italy, who? <laughs> Parisi. Yeah, yeah. Parisi. <laughs> Uh, France would be Kiwis or foreigners. Foreigners, <laughs> foreigners yeah. <laughs> and Scotland, like their game plan, it just I just think hardness. What a weird position, uh, French manager. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Scotland was, play a bit though. It, don't they? it was. It's interesting watching the Glasgow Bath game the other week because mm. Glasgow scored the try, the the good tries. Um, they've got some good attacking backs like um, Bennett outside centre and Tommy Seymour is a very good wing mm. um, and Maitland who may or may not be fit. Maitland's class. They, they will, they will play some rugby. I think. Um, and Hog. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mm. improving for Scotland. Something like that. They're on a, yeah. an upward tra- trajectory. Hog, Seymour, Maitland are a nice back. Three. Yeah, yeah. Like anyone's done the time. Oh, I, I just look at I look at Wales and what they're starting to get done now with their central contracts. Besides the injuries, which is because they've had to change the way they structure their season this year with the top uh, with the uh, Pro Twelve now really counting every game. But Scotland, what they're managing to do, is, oh, it just makes me wish England had central contracts. No, it doesn't. Could just pull all these it guys out. you know, because, uh, yeah, it's nice for three or four games a year, but the Aviva is far too good a competition to be ruining it with central contracts mm. and pulling people Maybe, off. maybe. And mm. it's the Aviva which gives you all that strength and depth. Yeah. All you need is a good manager. All you need is Warren Gatland to manage the national team. You <laughs> would be flying. Or if you had slightly higher... Um, salary caps which they will have next year and all those Aviva squads are even stronger it means that you can rest some of those yeah. internationals a couple of yeah. weeks well, before France shout. have got um, a really worrying situation where some of the players are playing too much rugby and are absolutely exhausted and others can't get a game and there's kind of nothing in between <laughs> yeah you're, you're right about that there was, there was um, an interesting thing I saw uh, it was an horrible punt 
article. You've got to be very careful. This is a message to horrible puns. If you want it to go like a bit more mainstream, please, please change the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, diff- difficult, tricky, tricky Tricky one to say, isn't it? Tricky one to say. Hey, boss, um, you read horrible puns this week <laughs> across the office. But because a lot of the French squads, uh, sorry, a lot of the French players have to play in the top 14 in the rest weeks, the two rest weeks um, in between rounds two yeah. and rounds three and rounds three and rounds four, that since 2011, France have only won once in all of their combined round three and round four matches oh, after the international breaks. Fact. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's it, it's one in six. So it's not, uh, it, but it, it does show that France would normally win a lot more than one in six yeah. of their Six Nations games. Uh, so Wales, we've, we we think is going to go. We think Ireland are going to win away, and we, you, France to win in Paris. Yes, but I think that's going to be close. I'm going to go for Scotland. So yeah, France, France's um, autumn internationals were. They started off really positive, really mm. really strong win against Fiji. They ground out a win against Australia. Played some good stuff, but it, it was it wasn't the best autumn. So you just don't know. And if you think about managers that really have got it wrong recently, Sans Andre is pretty high on that list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his last few games have looked so awful. Very very odd going on. And selecting a squad with players like uh, Rory Cocker, um, South African, rather than Morgan Parra, who Morgan got left Parra. out initially, yeah. like who's a darling of the French media. Is he third highest paid rugby player in the world? Uh, yes. He's right up there. Yeah, it would <laughs> definitely top five. I think France is going to win. I, th- I think as well. I think it should be I a really hope. good game because, and I really hope Scotland play the way that Glasgow are playing at the moment, play some good rugby. I think Scotland are going to win. That's, I think it's going to be a huge episode. You get good odds on that in, in Paris. We have not got long to wait. There is obviously <clears throat> other rugby going on there at the weekend um, and here's our pick of the LV Cup matches. There's some uh, championship games as well. A uh, good game to look out for. Um, Bristol go to London Scottish. Off the back of, mm. get this, Bristol lost to Cornish Pirates. Did they? Did they? 45 points to 38. Jeez. Which, wow. Which puts Worcester, after 13 games, on top by a point. Pretty delighted by that, Tim. But, yeah, Dean Ryan's team with all their youngsters and 13 games gone with Bristol with all the big signings for next season. Oh, that'd be hilarious. It hilarious would, if they don't go up. It would be funny, but they've got to go to London Scottish who are a place below them in the league. That'll be a humdinger of a game. Yeah, it's a good, good team. But nothing on Friday night and we cannot wait. We will be tweeting at Rugby Podcast and um, yeah, don't forget to get involved in our Six Nations Fantasy Rugby League. It's the ESPN.co.uk, the, the ESPN Scrum site. I've got a fantasy league that they're running there. And yeah, we have got our own little private league within that. Just getting on for 150 people have joined in with that. If oh. you come and join in as well, you could win some prizes, which Canterbury are kindly donating a load of stash and kit and whatnot that you could get. Imagine wearing a Canterbury t-shirt right now. There you go. Exactly. Oh, it's lovely, that. That's a it lovely t-shirt, nice. Jay. I mean, I'm not in great shape, but it makes me look in good shape. It you know? does, doesn't it? That's what Canterbury does. Makes so your really... arms look like uh, Dmitry Zarzewski's. Stop it. <laughs> Oh, do you want me to just tell you what happened in tonight's Super, Super Bowl? Because of, or last night's Super Bowl, if you're listening in, on Monday morning. Right, so it's Sunday evening, it's nine o'clock, so we're two and a half hours away from the start of the Super Bowl. Uh, however, when you listen to this, the Super Bowl will have happened, but JB hasn't seen it. So we're all messed up in terms of time. So JB's basically going to tell you what the outcome of the Super Bowl was after the Super Bowl's happened, but before he's actually seen it. Yeah. You still with me? If you're still with me, off you go, JB. Okay, go so, on. Spoiler alert, Tom Brady's going to Disneyland. You might, you might need to explain yeah. what that. <laughs> what? Because I, I know what that means. Do, but... do, do you not know, know what it means? Uh, no, I'm not an American football guy. All oh, right, okay. I think the MVP 
of the Super Bowl. Most, most, most valuable player, man of the match. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing, all, filling all the gaps for thank, you. Thank you. So there's a very famous clip of Tom Brady when he wins his first Super Bowl, goes, uh, saying, "I'm go, I'm going to Disneyland." Oh uh, yeah, I've just looked it up. Yeah. So they go to Disneyland. They get a car and they go to Disneyland, basically. So I think Tom Brady will be going to Disneyland a- again. I think Rob Gronkowski will the Gronk get a couple of touchdowns, and I think that New England will win by throwing the ball in short patterns and making the Seattle corners tackle because they're not used to doing that. Oh, come on. Just in layman's terms, so New, New England have won the Super Bowl. That's, yes. your, that's your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> recorded before the Super Bowl, but after you might have seen or heard the result of the Super Bowl. I'm very excited about it. Well done, JB. Well done. Uh, so if you want to join our Fantasy League coach, uh, nice one, Phil. Thank you very much. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. And we will leave you with our a little reminder of our the pin for our private Egg Chasers Fantasy League which if you join at ESPN Fantasy Six Nations site and then add your team to our league with this pin, you could win all those prizes. Right, here we go. Uh, See you next time, boys. Come and challenge like-minded rugby fans and join the Egg Chasers Private Fantasy Rugby League for the Six Nations Championship. You could even win some prizes. It's the ESPN Fantasy Rugby League. We've got a private code. Come and join our league. Just type in 81262. That private league code is 81262. 81262. 81262. What my time? Terminal 81262. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.